top stories tonight. Allen Robinson is now a Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is a bad thing for the rest of this 2022 wide receiver class because the Steelers pick in the middle of the round, in round one. They pick again at the very top of round two, and they have their own pick in the middle of round two, and yet they opt to go for Allen Robinson. And the Steelers are the masters of scouting wide receivers. So overall, this is a bad sign. The fact that the Steelers would rather have Allen Robinson at this point in his career over this batch of wide receivers, not good. We have all that and much, much more on Player Profiler today. And so we have Allen Robinson, the once great receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the high-priced free agent signing, great receiver for the Chicago Bears. And then it fell off. It fell off with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, but people just wrote it off because, well, it was Andy Dalton and Justin Fields was a rookie and he was still learning. And then he signs a big contract with the Los Angeles Rams, and it just doesn't work out. The Rams end up paying Allen Robinson $25.7 million for 33 receptions, 339 yards, and three touchdowns. Lots of threes for Allen Robinson with the Los Angeles Rams, but it just didn't work out. Explain this trade to me. I can do that for you. And for the Harry Snowman, happy to have both of you here on this show. The Rams are rebuilding. They are calling it a remodel, but make no mistake, the Rams are rebuilding in Los Angeles. They know they have to tear things down. They have no money. They don't have the high-end talent that they once did, and so they've got to shop. They've got to shop a wide receiver like Allen Robinson. They need to free up the $5 million that they can by moving him. That's how desperate the Rams are. That $5 million to get rid of Allen Robinson makes the difference. And the Rams still are paying Allen Robinson. They had already paid $5 million to Allen Robinson. That had already happened. And then as part of this trade, they agree we will pay an extra $5,000 to Allen Robinson. and. You Pittsburgh Steelers, you can have Robinson on your team. You only pay him $5 million. That way, Robinson still gets all of his money. The Steelers get a contract they can afford. And the Rams free up some desperately needed cap space. But make no mistake, the Rams are cratering for Caleb Williams. The Rams would be fine losing every single game this season if it means they can keep the hometown kid. And yes, I know I meant to say $5 million the entire time. I messed up there. It's $5 million for the Pittsburgh Steelers to keep Allen Robinson, or to get Allen Robinson. And the Rams pay $5 million to get rid of Allen Robinson. And then there's the other $5 million from that they've already given him. So $15 million contract this year, 5 million from the Steelers, 10 million from the Rams. It's a white flag 
by the Rams. It really is. They are just admitting it's time to rebuild. They sell Chase Claypool for a second, get Robinson for a late rounder and only $5 million on the contract. This is a great way to allocate for a third wide receiver vet. Just need Canada and Pickett to improve. Jason, hit the nail on the head here. This is absolutely correct. The Steelers are one of, if not the best franchise in the NFL when it comes to the wide receiver position. They handle it like no other. They are just constantly drafting second-round receivers, third-round receivers, and they are hitting. This is just what Pittsburgh does. It isn't going to change. They promoted Omar Khan from within, so the scouting department is all of the same. The Steelers will continue to be the best team in the NFL when it comes to scouting wide receivers. And I'm not saying they have the best wide receivers. I'm saying their process is better than anyone else they very rarely miss and even when they miss on chase claypool they still turn it into a second round pick and then it's essentially nothing to get Allen robinson they trade the 234th pick to the los angeles rams for robinson and the 251st pick the steelers don't even move 20 spots backward in the seventh round this is as nothing of a trade as you can possibly get. The Steelers literally give up nothing to get Allen Robinson. It's a win, but it's a loss for this wide receiver class. It really is because the Steelers have a pick in the middle of the draft, in the middle of the first round. They have the 32nd overall pick thanks to getting rid of Chase Claypool. And they have their own pick in the middle of the second round. And yet, they opt to add Allen Robinson instead of one of these wide receivers. Now, it's possible they could still draft a wide receiver with one of those three picks, but possible doesn't mean likely. Do we believe that the Steelers are going to draft a receiver in the first round? Do we believe that they will take a receiver with that second rounder when they have other needs? other positions that would make this roster better than adding wide receiver. And if the Steelers are out on the wide receiver class, that is terrifying. That is absolutely horrific. If the Pittsburgh Steelers are telling us we don't like this class, we are out. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Steelers do add another receiver in the draft. Maybe this is not indicative because they needed wide receiver talent no matter what. I see in the chat, Joe, ready to cut Calvin Austin. PJ Kennedy, RIP Calvin Austin. I understand. However, there is one thing keeping Calvin Austin slightly relevant, or at least sniffing relevancy, and that's the fact that he runs 4-3-2. Now maybe, just maybe, the Steelers draft a wide receiver. I'm wrong. And the Allen Robinson and this new wide receiver, they flip-flop at wide receiver three, and then they move on to De- on from Deontay Johnson down the road. But maybe the Steelers don't add a wide receiver. And if that's the case, Calvin Austin is the wide receiver four, and he runs 4-3-2. He is the only player on this offense 
that runs in the four threes. Repeat. Calvin Austin runs 4-3-2. No one else runs sub 4-4. In fact, only two other players on this offense run sub 4-5. So outside of Calvin Austin, we have George Pickens running a 4-4-7. And we have Anthony McFarland, the third string running back, running a 4-4-4. Outside of that, it's four fives across the board. Najee Harris, he's not fast. Four, five, three, not explosive, not fast. That's just Najee Harris. Jalen Warren, he is explosive. He is bursty, but he runs a four, five, five. He's not got the long speed. He can make some explosive plays, but it's not the track meet that other teams around the NFL have. Deontay Johnson, four, five, three. Allen Robinson, four, five, six, and it's definitely slower now. Anthony Miller, wide receiver five, four, five, five. Gunnar Olszewski, four, five, four, six, one. Cody White, four, six, six. Jamarcus Bradley, four, five, three. This is the least explosive offense in the NFL. Pat Fryermuth runs a four, seven, seven. Pat Fryermuth is not athletic at all. Zach Gentry is somehow even slower. Zach Gentry. Runs a 4-9. He is essentially an offensive tackle playing tight end. And then Cam Hayward, the fullback, runs 4-7-2. And Pickett runs 4-7-3. So that is the one chance that Calvin Austin has to sniff relevancy. Is the fact that he is the only person on this entire football team that can offer some semblance of a deep threat, some semblance of speed. Otherwise, this Pittsburgh Steelers team is running. They're running slow. It's going to be a classic Pittsburgh Steelers team that wants to win every game 10 to 7. But enough about that. Enough about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You are here because you support Player Profiler. You are here because you want to hear from the Podfather. Take it away. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get Get the show. And if you want the all-in package and you want to save $10, use promo code JACK when you sign up. Support me. Support Player Profiler today. Support Player Profiler. And you get something out of it too because you get access to all the information that I have. You get everything that Player Profiler has to offer. And obviously, it's quite a lot because I know quite a lot and I get it from Player Profiler.
But anyways, we've got some news on the NFL draft. Things are happening. Things are changing. Will Levis became the favorite to go second overall and then back overnight. He's tied again at number two. So Will Levis all of a sudden slid up. Vegas changed drastically. Will Levis shot up, was the favorite to go number two, and then all of a sudden, no, that cooled off. Now it's Will Anderson plus 210, and then Stroud and Levis tied at plus 250 with the second overall pick. Tyree Wilson slightly behind them at plus 400. And this is indicative indicative that the Texans can't trade back, that the Texans are going to be unable to find a trade partner. We know that they only loved one quarterback in this class, and that was Bryce Young. They like C.J. Stroud. Perhaps they like Will Levis, but it's starting to look like we're in for a crazy, crazy draft day. It's starting to look like Bryce Young won, Will Anderson, number two, and then at three, the favorite is Anthony Richardson. Some team trading up to get Anthony Richardson, plus 250 there. And then we're still certain that Will Levis will be taken by the Colts at four, plus 175. He is the clear-cut favorite. So what Vegas is telling us, and Vegas, it's a very fluid situation. It can adapt. But Vegas is telling us the top four is going to be Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. That means that CJ Stroud falls outside of the top four if this is the case. He would be on the clock for the Seattle Seahawks. I imagine they would sprint that card in. But there is still uncertainty because Stroud is not the favorite to go at five. He could still be taken at two by the Texans or by another team. We're in for a wild draft day, my friends. It's going to get crazy. Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, they are the favorites to be taken fifth overall at plus 250. Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, it's, it's, it's crazy that Tyree Wilson and Will Anderson are still neck and neck. Will Anderson, far and away, better than Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson is bigger. He is longer. He might be more athletic, but we cannot say that for certain because we did not see him test even a little bit. So we don't know. But Will Anderson is the best edge rusher in this class. Cody would put Nolan Smith there, and maybe Nolan Smith can. But give me Will Anderson, the most decorated player, perhaps in college history. But anyways, interesting note. There are two players with minus odds in the NFL draft right now in the top 10. We've got Bryce Young at one, obviously. He is minus 1,500 the last I checked. But the other player is Devon Witherspoon to the Detroit Lions. He is minus 110 to go sixth overall. No other pick has minus odds for a player minus Bryce Young, which is a lock to go first which is crazy. I'm saying crazy a lot, but it, it, it is. This draft, the 2023 NFL draft is crazy, my friends. It is insane. It is wild. I cannot keep up because tomorrow I'm probably going to be telling you a whole set of new stories with the odds shifting. But right now, 
Devon Witherspoon, sixth overall to the Detroit Lions. He would reunite with Kirby Joseph, the, he didn't win any accolades, but guy who picked off Aaron Rodgers three times last season, rookie safety, all rookie safety, let's call him. Kirby Joseph, those Illinois fighting Illini reuniting. Could it be that simple that we know who the Lions are taking? Because typically we don't with the Lions. They don't let a lot of leaks out, but it could be. Then at seventh overall, which would be the Las Vegas Raiders, unless they trade up, we've got Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon as the top two. And that would likely mean what I've been saying. Raiders trade up to three. They get their QB and Anthony Richardson. And then the Cardinals, who need cornerback, they end up taking Christian Gonzalez or Devon Witherspoon. I would think that they would take Jalen Carter. I feel as though because of Jonathan Gannon's connection to Jordan Davis on the Georgia defensive line, that he would have some insight, but maybe that insight sours the Arizona Cardinals on Jalen Carter. I don't know, but either way, Raiders. Trading up to three, I'm going to keep telling you time after time. I know it's getting tiring, but it's going to happen. Raiders drafting Anthony Richardson at three. And then Atlanta Falcons at eight. We have two players tied to go eighth overall, plus 250. It is Bijan Robinson, who Cody mocked to the Atlanta Falcons just last week. Jason Allwine has been hyping up that Arthur Smith needs his Derrick Henry. And now... The odds are in the favor of Bijan Robinson or Nolan Smith, edge defender out of Georgia, would be the most athletic player in the class if not for Adetomiwa out of Boware, two of the most incredible feats of athleticism that we saw. Nolan Smith and Adetomiwa out of Boware. So Nolan Smith could go to the Falcons at eight. We know the Fal- the Atlanta Falcons put a peach next to every player that is from Georgia, whether they played at Georgia or were born there, grew up there. So things are coming into clarity. We're figuring out where players are going to go. Finally, to round up the draft odds, Jalen Carter, the favorite to go ninth overall to the Chicago Bears at plus 250. Imagine if the Bears trade back and still get Jalen Carter at nine, the player they probably would have taken to begin with. And then Peter Skoronsky, the favorite to go to the Eagles at 10, which I found very interesting, ahead of Paris Johnson. Eagles do have a hole at guard, though, and so perhaps they think Skoronsky can play there and then kick out to right tackle later because the hole's at right guard. Interesting. Very interesting. So much happening so much going on. Tyree is a beast inside. IMO his strength inside. He can be. He absolutely can be. But he doesn't do it at the same consistency as Will Anderson. Will Anderson is going to wreck shop in the NFL. Anderson will trade that pick and some team will take Stroud. They might. But Vegas is saying they're going to trade that pick and someone's going to take Richardson. Remember everyone thought Malik was going round one. Yeah. They did, but at this point, it looks like a lock. We're getting four people in round one and maybe five. We're hearing that Hendon Hooker, Peter Schrager, who 
his first mock draft is usually a little bit off. And then he gets feedback from his friends around the NFL because Peter Schrager, very well connected, knows a lot of coaches, knows a lot of front office people. He's got Hooker going to the Titans at 11 and then Will Levis to the Texans at 12. Imagine that. Imagine Hendon Hooker going 11th overall and Will Levis going after Hendon Hooker. That is a world I do not see happening. These QBs are better than Malik Willis. Absolutely, PJ Kennedy. Malik Willis was always a project. Anthony Richardson, a project as well, but less of a project. Howdy to Applied Literature. Happy to have you on the show once again. Always a pleasure when you can tune in. Appreciate all of you tuning in live. Make sure you like the show. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you hit that little bell icon so you can know every single time that we go live. You can see Player Profiler seven days a week at 7 p.m. Eastern. We also have an update on the Buffalo Bills. And this one, I'm not going to lie. I got a little teary watching this press conference announcing that DeMar Hamlin will play again. DeMar Hamlin has been cleared to resume all football activities. He is progressing and on the same path as any other player coming off any other injury. So just shout out to the medical professionals that tearing up again. Jeez Louise. It's, just, it's an amazing story. It's a beautiful story. Just what DeMar Hamlin has done, what he plans to do. He plans to help bring awareness to Camosio Cordis, which is the injury that he sustained, which uh, stopped his heart. And so he is looking to give back and use his story to help kids because this is Unfortunately, the leading cause of death among young athletes is Camosio Cordis. And so Hamlin is going to use his story, use his funds to advocate for that for changes. And it's just, it's a beautiful story. I'm so, so excited that DeMar Hamlin will play again. DeMar Hamlin, a good football player too. He was the Bills starting safety. They lost starting safety Micah Hyde to a neck injury. And for a lot of teams, that would have just ruined things. That would have shut things down, losing safety number one, losing, I believe Hyde's been an all-pro in the past. At the very least, he's a Pro Bowl safety. But no, Hamlin stepped in and held it down. And then when he went down, that's when the secondary got worse. But no, DeMar Hamlin talented football player he is so much more than just his story and i'm excited to see him play football i'm excited to see stefan diggs play football whenever that's going to be because he did not show up to voluntary workouts that the bills are having right now and another player that didn't show up to bill's workouts but could be showing up at some point is deandre hopkins hopkins apparently told von miller that he wants to play in buffalo that is his destination of choice obviously if the bills were willing to give up what the cardinals want for hopkins the trade would have happened by now but maybe that adds a little bit more fuel to the fire of getting deandre hopkins to the buffalo bills and as i've been saying no team needs hopkins more than the buffalo bills they need a threat opposite stefan diggs and no it's not gabe davis even though 
Josh Allen, Josh Allen hyping up Gabe Davis. He's a good quarterback. He's a good friend. He's a good leader. Wants to put Gabe Davis in more running catch situations, which has never been Gabe Davis's game. So it's just lip service. Doesn't mean anything. Bills need Hopkins. Go out, get DeAndre Hopkins for Josh Allen. Update on the Carolina Panthers. They haven't decided like anyone believes that. But Panthers say they haven't decided, but have some clarity. And then they went on talking about how Bryce Young can become Russell Wilson, how Russell Wilson had one fewer batted pass. Or sorry, Russell Wilson had three batted passes in college. Bryce Young has one fewer with just two batted passes in his college career. Also talked about how Russ Wilson went from 206 pounds to 220 pounds from his time at Wisconsin or yeah, at Wisconsin, North Carolina was the first one to the NFL. He's now 220 pounds. They believe that Bryce Young can do the same thing. That's a lot of talk and a lot of hype for a player you haven't decided on. Bryce Young's going to the Panthers. They believe that he can be Russ Wilson 2.0. Best of luck to him. Hope that it happens. Que pasa, Carlos? Happy to have you back on the show. What's good and what's new? What's good is all of the information that's coming out. And what's new is the NFL draft. It is consuming. It is consuming my life right now. And I couldn't be more thrilled about it. I love NFL draft season. And then once the draft happens, we're going to be in for a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a break. Now, that's not to say there will be a break in content. No, no, no. I will still be here. Don't you worry. But it will be a little bit of a break in the news, in the groundbreaking changes. We won't have as many big stories on a day-to-day basis after the draft, but we will still have plenty of good information. We will still have plenty of smaller stories to sift through. Because as soon as the draft is done, there won't be any earth, and I, I, I wouldn't call Alan Robinson's trade earth shadow, shattering, but there won't be as many moves that have implications in fantasy football. But there will be plenty of whispers and rumors that we will need to parse through to make sure that, okay, is this guy actually RB2? Is this guy actually going to mix in on passing downs or is this just fluff from the coach and we'll have to decipher the backfields of the Minnesota Vikings and the Cincinnati Bengals. We have heard it repeated today from the athletic. I've been telling you for, I don't know how many weeks at this point that Dalvin cook and Joe Mixon were on their way out. It looks as though cook is going to be cut as well as Mixon. Initially we thought cook was going to be traded Then the RB market completely stalled out. And now Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon look like they are going to be on their way out in Minnesota and in Cincinnati, likely replaced in the draft. But we'll keep you up to date on that, on all of the goings on. There are so many things coming up. There are so many stories that we're prepared for. There are so many different position battles that we're going to have to break down, that we're going to get back to. Really, the NFL draft, it's beautiful. And then it's kind of quieter 
but it's still going to be so much fun reading all of these stories coming out of camp, including how dominant Rashad White looks. Rashad White, he was talking today. He was interviewed. And the quote from Rashad White, he expects to be a stud. That's just who Rashad White is, a stud.